0: Good morning and welcome to Gok Dinner with me, Lisa Divney, and me, Caitlin Reddy. It's 10am on the 16th of February and we are bringing you through the next half hour. We have a jam packed show for you today. Coming up, we speak about the confusion surrounding the Leaving Cert, how social isolation is affecting young children's development and loads more. But first, it's
1: over to Caitlin with the news this morning. The headlines this morning. Minister for Education Norma Foley to lay out a staggered return of schools. Mandatory hotel quarantine to be put before Cabinet. Ash Wednesday to go ahead in Limerick. Minister for Education Norma Foley will talk with Cabinet this morning of plans for the full reopening of schools beginning March 1st. They'll also discuss the Leaving Certificate negotiations where they will decide on whether or not the traditional exams will take place or predicted grades. Norma Foley is strongly advocating for all students to return to schools over the next month with priority expected to be given to leaving certificate students and students with additional needs. Minister for Health Stephen Donnelly will discuss the introduction of mandatory quarantining at Irish hotels with Cabinet this morning. The aim of the legislation is to combat the spread of the COVID-19 virus and any new variants from visitors arriving from abroad. The mandatory quarantine will mean a 14-day isolation from those arriving from high-risk countries. Currently, any person travelling abroad from Ireland for non-essential purposes can face fines of up to €2,000. Over 150 Limerick students have tested positive for COVID-19 over the past week. A cluster was identified within a number of student houses in Limerick and public health teams from the county are working closely with students to locate all close contacts. It is suspected another number of students will test positive in the next coming days. Bishop of Limerick, Brendan Leahy, has confirmed that most local churches will be allowing members of the diocese to get blessed with ashes this Ash Wednesday. Bishop Leahy suggests that members of the church avail of the opportunity, but also adhere to strict government guidelines and social distancing. Churches at the moment remain closed for masses in accordance with government guidelines, but various online masses will be available to stream on Ash Wednesday. And now over to our sports correspondent, Lisa Diviny. In tennis, Serena Williams
0: defeated Simona Halep in the quarter final of the Australian Open with a 6-3, 6-3 victory. In her on-court interview, Williams describes her excitement over the win.
2: I definitely think this is the best match I've played this tournament for sure. And obviously I had to going up against, you know, number two in the world. So I knew that I had to, you know, do better. And, you know, that's what I did. And so I'm excited.
0: The Australian Open semifinal where Williams will take on Naomi Osaka is set to take place on February 18th. In rugby, Ireland coach Andy Farrell expects his team to win the remaining three Six Nations games after a rocky start. The Irish side have lost to both Wales and France so far, making them the first Irish side to suffer defeats at the start of a Six Nations campaign.
3: Well, sure, our true character won't we? because it's about uh, finishing. Uh, we're not even halfway through, but making sure that these next three games were, we're at our best. And again, that approach doesn't change no matter what.
0: Ireland will face Italy in Rome on February 27th. That's all for the news and sports for the moment. It's back to Caitlin in the
1: studio. With the Leaving Certificate on the horizon, there is still uncertainty regarding the format in which the daunting exam will take place. Lisa Divany reports on the thoughts of a secondary school teacher as the possibility of a decision from government fast approaches. The Leaving Certificate exams are a
0: milestone in young people's lives. The COVID-19 pandemic has caused a significant disruption to the class of 2021. 60,000 Leaving Certs are eagerly awaiting on the government to make a decision on whether a traditional Leaving Cert will go ahead. With the ASTI returning to the negotiation table, I spoke to Aoife, a secondary school teacher from County Galway about how her students were feeling.
4: I believe that the students are feeling uh, very anxious at the moment about the confusion surrounding the Leaving Cert. I know some of my students you know we'll take it in their stride but i would have quite a number of students who would suffer from anxiety anyways and this is just height- heightening their anxiety altogether and um, they're worried i suppose because it's also in the media all of the time they're not getting any break from it so they're really confused they're anxious and just in general you know they, they want answers When do you feel that a
0: decision should be made in regards to the Leaving Cert?
4: Well, for the students and for myself, I feel that um, the decision should be made as soon as possible. It's quite disappointing that a decision hasn't been made as of now, whether or not there will be for definite a sit down written Leaving Cert exam, whether it is in June or whether it will be delayed maybe to the likes of the beginning of July. It is important that they have a decision as soon as possible.
0: The Leaving Cert has been widely reported on in the media due to the indecision surrounding the sit-down exams. How would you recommend students deal with the stress and anxiety surrounding the Leaving Cert at the moment?
4: We're facing into a midterm now. So I think it's very important that students, you know, take that break. Um, even if it's just from, you know, listening to the news all of the time where they're talking about it more or less every single night now um, and take a break as well from their studies, you know, online teaching is extremely severe on them. It's not the same. So they are, you know, kind of suffering, I suppose, a lot at the moment. So a decision has to be made as soon as possible for the sake of them. Um, it's just the uncertainty of it all and the unknown.
0: I spoke to some Leaving Cert students about how they're feeling. The general consensus, they do not want a traditional Leaving Cert.
3: For me personally, I think the Leaving Cert should not go ahead because we've missed a significant amount of time between fifth year and Leaving Cert. Altogether I think it's around 39% of time we've been out and doing online schooling and it's completely different being away from school and not being in a classroom. I struggle just being at home because there's so many distractions that you can't concentrate on things as much as you would be able to in school.
0: As a Leaving Cert student, I don't think that a traditional Leaving Cert should go ahead. Firstly, we've missed more school than last year's Leaving Certs did and they received predicted grades. It doesn't feel fair that we have to go through all of that and we haven't had even one solid school year. To think that most Leaving Cert years have known when their orals would be months and months in in advance, and that we could just wake up tomorrow and find out that ours are in a month's time just feels so frustrating. It feels like we should have more say in this. Our results will suffer no matter what. The pandemic has highlighted just how much we rely on the Leaving Cert as a form of examination. Aoife describes how much emphasis is placed on it and why
4: change is needed. So there has been certain lessons learned in that area in regards to the leaving search. It's still very unclear because I suppose this type of exam is in place for so long. And yes, there's been talks about reforming it and, you know, including more common assessment throughout the year and so on. And I think if anything, what has to be learned from this going forward is that those common assessments more or less have to come into play now in case anything like this ever happens again.
0: Over 70s have been feeling the effects of social isolation since Ireland first entered lockdown almost a year ago. They were asked to cocoon from society in order to keep safe. Caitlin Reddy reports.
3: Sheds are all about that face-to-face contact and that familiar environment Um, and it's been very, very difficult to kind of try and replicate that online or to provide any kind of substitute for it so we just kind of carried out a a major internal survey over the past two months or so of, of our shedders and i think the figure that came back was that just over half of them haven't visited their shed at all since april last year so we're getting on for almost a year now for um They've been away from something that was a huge component of their lives. And um, that was probably the, the major social outlet for an awful lot of um, shedders on the ground. So like immediately before and immediately after COVID, the number of participants who, shed, who said that they were or described themselves as lonely went from about 1% to about 30% in, in a matter of a few weeks. We've tried to offer a huge amount of um, kind of online courses in health and well-being, mindfulness, mental health workshops. Um, people I'm really concerned about are the ones who don't have, you know, technologically um, the, the capacity or the ability or the other or familiarity or level of comfort to engage online.
1: I then spoke with 85-year-old Paula Gordon. Paula is living alone and is feeling the effects of isolation. She talks of how she copes with loneliness and offer suggestions of what might help the elderly community during this time.
0: Mentally, for a lot of people, it's not good at all. And There's nothing in the house for them to do. Um, so instead of cocooning, they could meet for exercise, still socially distancing, in a hall, you know, two or three times a week maybe. Uh, Organised classes, it w- would take care of that. And they wouldn't be in the house, just in a hall somewhere. I, I really don't think that cocooning is good for for anybody's health um you know we need to be outdoors it it can cause depression from lack of company um all people need something to keep them occupied really uh, it's 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 a sad time after the break we'll hear from any mcintyre about how young children are dealing with social isolation We will also hear from Conor Cloughasy about how the lack of social life is affecting college students. Social isolation has affected everyone in different ways. Young children have their own way of coping with the chaos that the pandemic has brought upon their lives. Enya McIntyre catches up with parents and experts to find out how Ireland's youngest are getting on.
5: Children who attend childcare are amongst the youngest of those affected by the COVID-19 global pandemic. Restrictions preventing children from socialising with other children raise serious questions about the long-lasting impact it will have on their development. Childcare facilities remain open for children with parents in essential work. However, they run at a far lower capacity than usual. Limerick Childcare Committee, starting small, standing tall, are currently still open, but on a third of their regular capacity. I spoke with Supervisor Orla Meehan to get her insight into the effect of COVID on the children who attend their childcare.
6: We found when they settled back in after the initial lockdown. It was the initial separation from the parents. It was almost as if we were resettling them into the service again for some of them. Some of them ran straight in and really did recognise that our service had been their previous second home. And it was a seamless transition for them. However, for the younger age groups, it is, I think, easier to continue to build on the social interactions with other children. And I don't think it will have such a long lasting effect on the younger age groups.
5: Orla expresses her main concern being in relation to preschool children and the impact COVID may have on their entrance to primary school in September.
6: We have four preschool services operating in our service. We have um, a Neenra Montessori, play school, and an outdoor preschool. So we have a significant number of children not attending our service because early years preschool services are not open in conjunction with the primary schools. However, we would have a significant number of children planning to go to primary school in September, and for them, they've just had social interaction with their peers, with their friends that they have built relationships with, with their teachers that they have supportive, loving relationships with. Um, They've just been removed, and I do think that will have an effect on their transition into primary school coming this September. Into primary school may not have had the full benefit of that full year in their preschool session which is essential before they go to school because the preschool teachers support them they identify their strengths they identify their needs and they are continually preparing them for the next stage in their life and building their confidence and their self-esteem and getting them ready and it is going to be dependent as well on the child's experience at home some children have um, siblings they have parents maybe not engaging in work at home and then they will still have support and care. And it will be different than their session, but their parents will still have the time to support them.
5: Lead consultant at the Specialist Early Childhood Support Service, Mantor, and accomplished and respected expert in the field of early childhood care, Avril McMonagall, echoes these concerns about the impact of children's current circumstances on their future development.
1: The long-lasting impacts of COVID-19... I feel will differ very greatly from child to child depending on their experience of lockdown. For example, the experience of children who are living in a home where parents are under extreme financial pressure or where there are addiction or other domestic problems will be really different to those who are not. Fortunately, most children will take the events of COVID-19 in their stride, but for some, the unexpected disruption to their usual routine, the loss of established attachments to important adults, and an increase in home stress may result in changes to children's behavior and stress responses.
5: The mother of two, Marianne, reports seeing changes in the behavior of her two 4-year-old children since the closure of childcare services.
1: I've noticed sometimes that uh, yes there can be mood changes and that in the children because You have to try and do everything at home and get them used to being at home all the time and not meeting their friends. So yes, it is tough on them and they miss the friendships.
5: The government are yet to make a decision on when childcare and preschool facilities will open in full. For the time being, parents are asked to continue homeschooling and implementing social distancing rules within the family.
1: University students are among the many, adapting to a new way of life due to the global pandemic. Along with the move to online education, they are also suffering from the loss of clubs and societies. Our reporter, Connor Clohessy has found out exactly what impact this is having on students and club members.
3: With campuses shut and social distancing in effect, university students have been left with no sense of when their social lives might return. In UL, the Wolves Clubs and Societies are renowned for providing the best facilities for all interests, both nationally and internationally. Head of student engagement, Paul Lee, confirmed a 60 to 66% drop in individual members this academic year. Memberships have decreased from almost 11,000 to not even 3,000 as well. I spoke with Sophia de Batista, president of Ewell Strama Society, to ask how they've been coping with the change.
2: So it changed a lot of how the society just meets up, does workshops, and in general communicates with the, with its members. So, first of all, with workshops, we're starting to do online workshops. We have videos put up every Wednesday, at the mm-hmm. same time as normal workshops would take place, but this time they're over Zoom calls, Google Teams or Microsoft Teams, mm-hmm. and they're kind of out in the general public, which is nice to get more attention on us mm-hmm. during workshops and our output, but... At the same time, it's kind of difficult to just physically interact with people because drama and theatre itself relies so heavily on the physical aspect.
3: So what would you say were the most prevalent difficulties of switching over from a stage production to one that you have to kind of rehearse just through voice and edit and post and all that kind of thing?
2: It would probably be the internet connections Yeah, with different houses and where people are and time differences as well because there are so many members like stretching from canada to Mm. india yeah it's just really difficult to focus on their time schedule as well and then also make it work with our own right over here yeah but then the internet connection with zoom calls and the teams meetups You never know what's going to happen. Someone could be reading a line and all of a sudden their audio cuts out Mm. and you have no clue what's happening. So you need to pause and wait. And then during the sound editing process, you cut the entire pause out, which can be very grueling.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, And did you find it when... I mean, when I was looking at most clubs and societies, they either have died off or they're finding it very difficult to stay in the game, you know, um, how difficult has it been to get people involved?
2: That's been another hard difficulty, I'd say for drama, just because we can't have too many new members anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's not even the fault of the people. It's just, there's nothing going on. And usually we rely on the physical rec drives and all recruitment Uh, fundraisers open days to get people interested and now that we don't we need to solely rely on ourselves and also like tagging the ul arts office in different posts so they can put that out
3: so how has how have you kind of kept your mental health kind of above the water during the uh during the lockdown or, or how has it affected you uh
2: well i when lockdown started i was originally stuck in my housing alone so mm. I didn't have anyone to turn to the only kind of physical contact I had was going to the shop which was insane it felt yeah. like the apocalypse Yeah. but again, games with friends online, weekly sometimes even on a daily basis it was so nice to just have that reprieve Yeah. from everything um, as for now I feel like you know I feel like all of us are getting used to the whole lockdown routine Mm -hmm. so wake up doesn't really matter what time if you have a class then you wake up earlier because of that then go through the day you look at your watch or clock or whatever and you say oh it's dinner time and then you just (laughs) go about your day so hopefully when restrictions are lifted or at least even lessened we can get more of that more humanistic feeling of seeing other people and not just online meetups.
1: from everyone here at the Gok dinner studio we hope you enjoyed today's show and we're wishing you all a delicious pancake tuesday don't forget family cares ireland are inviting you all to join their social media challenge where you film yourself flipping a few pancakes donate four euros to the charity and then post it online tagging your friends to join in the fun you've been listening to Gok dinner And as always, we'll be here the same time tomorrow. Thank you and goodbye.